Hey everybody, so good to be with you today as we finish out our journey through the book of Ephesians. Today we're in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24. Ephesians 6, 10 through 24, if you want to pull that up on your phone or your tablet or in your own Bible, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible. Hear this reading. The Apostle Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers. And love with faith from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time to consider your word. Pray that you would use this time for your glory. And that you would use it to equip us. Holy Spirit, come now We invite you to move in our hearts, move through your word, move in our minds. Come Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't remember the exact day that I decided I was no longer content to shuffle around on the ground on all fours, but I think it must have been several decades ago. I don't remember my parents trying to make me get up off the ground and learn how to walk on two feet. If I can remember anything, it would be that I was on all fours and other people were moving around on two feet and they seemed to be getting along much faster and they were moving much more fluidly than I was. And so I decided that I wanted to try to stand up on two feet and learn to walk like everybody else. And from most of you that I know, you also prefer two feet over all fours as well. Now, just as we must learn to walk on two legs as human beings, we must also learn to walk through life as Christians. At some point, each of us saw other people walking around, trying to follow the teachings of Jesus, walking in the light, happily in friendship with God. And as we saw them walking in faith, we decided that we wanted to learn to walk through life in friendship with Jesus as well. And so through this message series, Paul's been helping us learn how to walk as Christians. Rather than crawling, 
through life in the darkness and futility of our minds. Now, in Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul spoke very beautifully about the power of the grace of God. It's by the grace of God that we are saved from our sins. By grace, we have been saved through faith in Jesus, not by our own works, but by what he has done on the cross so that we can not boast. But there's abundant grace available to all of us as we're learning to walk in faith in Jesus. And he talked about the peace of God, the peace that we have with God through the cross of Jesus, and how God is calling people who have made peace with him to now live in peace with one another. And then, of course, he talked about the spiritual awakening that he hopes all of us will have. He's praying that the eyes of our heart will be open to the immeasurable greatness of the power available to us who believe. Through that power, we are able to do far more abundantly beyond all we could ask or imagine. God doing that through us and in us and around us. Then in chapter 4, he gets very practical. He says in chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And he says, first we walk in this manner worthy of our calling by protecting the unity of the church, growing up in the one true historic Christian faith. And we do it by serving uniquely with our gifts that God has given us, and also by striving for maturity, not being immature emotionally or immature spiritually, but really striving to mature emotionally and spiritually as we walk in faith. And then he talks in chapter 4 also how we must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. That's the unbelieving world in the futility of their minds. But we must learn to walk in this new way. We must take off our old manner of life and put on this new way of life every day when we get dressed. And he says we do this by trading out falsehood and deceitfulness for living lives of complete honesty and truthfulness. We do this by trading out anger for self-control. We do this by trading out negative speech for encouraging speech. We do this by trading out self-centeredness for lives of generosity. We do this by trading out bitterness and unforgiveness, learning to forgive others as God in Christ forgave us. Then in chapter 5, he called us to be imitators of God as beloved children. We do this by walking in love as Christ loved us. And it's a love that is holy and sacrificial, not a love that involves sexual immorality. And we imitate God by walking in the light and staying out of the darkness. And we do this by walking in wisdom, staying filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the last couple weeks, we got real real up close and personal, talking about how we are to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's part of the Spirit-led life. And I don't know about you, but talking about how to submit to one another in the workplace and the home out of reverence for Christ, it was a great opportunity for me to really do some honest repentance (laughs) and see if I'm really living and treating others as well as I'm called to. And so as we get to this final section, Paul has been laying this out, how we're to live in this new way and walk in this new way. And it's been hard. And now he begins this last section with the word finally. And he's been saving something. It's kind of as if he says, 
I know I've been challenging you and pushing you how to walk in this new countercultural way of life in Jesus. And there's one more thing. There's also a devil. And he hates you. And he's not alone. He's actually got rulers and authorities and legions of armies that are scheming against you. And as you try to learn to walk in Christ, they're going to be constantly trying to sabotage you and knock you down, and they're even going to be shooting at you. Great news, Paul. Thanks. And so Paul lays this out. Verse 10, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So Paul gives a number of crucial pieces of information here. First, he says that we're not going to be strong enough to do this walk in Christ and to follow Jesus in our own strength. We're going to have to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know, too many Christians, they give up, they drop out, they fall away, they get burnt out because they're trying to follow Jesus in their own strength by the sheer force of their own willpower. And that's impossible. Apart from the strength of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can't follow Jesus. We've got to learn to be strong in the strength that he provides. That's why the spirit-filled, spirit-led life is essential if we're going to survive as Christians. Second, he says that God has given us armor to wear, which is going to protect us from the schemes of the devil. And he gets this interesting idea about how to talk about how we should fight against the schemes of the devil. As Paul is writing this, remember, he's imprisoned. He's enslaved by Rome. And he's usually, he's probably going to be attached by the wrist, by a chain, to a Roman soldier appointed to watch over him. So he's talking about the schemes of the devil, and then he gets an idea how to describe the resources that God has given us. And he uses the armor that the soldier is wearing to paint a picture for how we need to prepare ourselves. Third, he says that we think we're fighting against people, but we're actually fighting against powers that are evil, that are influencing people. He says your struggle is not against people. It's not against emperors. It's not against principalities of this world. It's not against soldiers. It's against the, it's against the malicious powerful forces that influence human beings to do awful, awful things. And so this is one of Satan's greatest tricks, to pit people against one another and to just turn people on one another and then watch people fight and devour one another, completely oblivious to that he is orchestrating the entire thing. And he laughs as human beings fight and slice and dice and destroy each other. Paul says, We've got to be aware that the evil people in the world are being influenced by evil forces that are far darker 
and more powerful than we could ever imagine. Okay, I want you to notice also that Paul has kind of switched metaphors a little bit. He has been talking about walking over and over in this section. Now he switches to the verb stand, stand firm, withstand. You know, when we're getting attacked spiritually, and friends, you will undergo spiritual attack if you decide to continue to walk through life applying the teachings of Jesus. Sometimes all we can do is just keep from getting completely knocked down. There'll be days when we feel like we can't move forward. We've just got to hold our ground until the onslaught passes. Just like Jesus did and when he was tempted in the wilderness, Satan came and attacked him with all these temptations and these doubts and these twistings. And then after he stood the test, Satan left until an opportune time. There are going to be days when you are so attacked in your mind, in your spirit, where you doubt everything. Be warned, that day will come. In those days, just stand firm. And then he talks about how. Let's look at the pieces of armor that he discusses. He starts by saying, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. So the Roman soldier had a belt strapped around his waist, and the belt held in his tunic, and it acted as the link to his upper body armor. It held that in place. It also held his lower armor. also had his um, sword uh, strapped to it so that it would be ready to be pulled. So the belt held all of the clothing and the armor together. The belt that Jesus refers to is the truth, the truth of God's word. Satan's most ancient strategy against human beings is to get them to doubt the truth of God's word. Think back to the Garden of Eden. God gave very clear instructions to Adam and Eve. There was one instruction. They were free to make any decision except this one decision they needed to uh, be very weary of. He says, you can eat of the trees of any of the any of the trees in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of evil you shall not eat. For when you eat of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, if you do, you're going to introduce death into this perfect, this good world. And then Satan came along. There was a clear word, any tree but this tree, or you'll introduce death. And Satan said, did God really say that you will die? You won't die. You will become like God, knowing good and evil. And he doesn't want that. There was a clear word of truth. Satan twisted the truth, and the consequences were devastating. And that's why in John chapter 8, Jesus is talking to some people who are leaning in to learn more about him. They're beginning to believe. And he says, listen, Satan is a liar and the father of lies. But then he says in verses 31 and 32, But if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We must continue to abide in the word of God and filter our understanding of what's true through the eternal word of God. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, Paul writes, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true. We need to know what the Bible says about who we are in Christ and about how we are to live. The truth holds everything together. He says in verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, talking about guarding our hearts with righteousness. And there's two components to this. 
First, there's the righteousness of Christ. You know, Christ is the only truly righteous person that ever walked on this earth. We are sinners. He was righteous. But when the righteous one died for our sins, he was an atoning sacrifice. And so the deal is, if we put our faith in the righteous one, God then clothes us in the righteousness of Christ. We have right standing with God because of the righteous act of Christ on the cross and his righteousness. We are declared right with God through faith in the righteous one, Jesus. So we have to remember that our righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. But then we also ought to try to actually live righteous lives and protect our hearts from sin. The more sin residing in our hearts, the more shame we're going to have, and the more Satan will attack us and destroy our confidence. But when we know that we've been made right with God through faith in Jesus, and we are living upright lives, and through confession and repentance, and continuing to apply the teachings of Scripture, we are rooting out the sin. It increases our confidence in our hearts, because we know Satan has no grounds to accuse us. As it says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. As we guard our hearts from sin and we learn to live uprightly, it'll increase our confidence in our battle against Satan. And we'll know that his accusations don't have any power over us. Then he says in verse 15, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The Roman soldiers wore these sandals and they were strapped around their legs at all times when they were on duty. So they could always be ready to carry out the bidding of their commanding officer. They would be ready to go, ready to act when they were given instructions. Likewise, Christians must always be ready, ready to share the gospel of peace, ready to share how people can have peace with God through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter talks about this as well. He says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. We must be ready when the opportunity arrives to share our faith, to share with people how they can become right with God and have peace with God through Jesus. You know, in the Doing What Jesus Did class that we just finished and we'll be having again next year, the first thing we do is teach people how to be prepared to share their faith, how to share their story in a very short format and invite other people to have peace with God. And then we practice sharing our story with each other so that we are prepared when the opportunity arrives. And what we always find is that when people are prepared to share their faith, God then opens doors for them to share their faith. God is really waiting for you to be ready to share the gospel so that he can give you instructions to go and interact with someone who's ready to hear the gospel. He says in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. I was reading this week that the shield that this is referring to would have been a long oblong shield made of two pieces of wood that were glued together. Sometimes these shields were wrapped in leather and dipped in water so they would have been wet because one of the fiercest weapons against people in ancient warfare were darts that were set on fire or arrows. And these arrows were dipped in pitch and then they were set on fire and then they would be shot. They would be launched into enemy territory and it would catch fire to um, buildings, set people on fire as it hit their clothing, right? And so these shields were big and they were prepared to 
catch these arrows and then they would extinguish the arrow. And Paul says the shield that we need to have up at all the time is the shield of faith. This is a great verse to memorize. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which, which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. And this faith that he's referring to is our confident trust in Jesus Christ. Satan will hit us with doubt. Does God really love us? Is God really real? Are we really forgiven? We need to have confident trust in Jesus, confident trust in his promise in Romans 8, 28, that he will cause all things to work together for our good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Never get up that confident trust in Jesus. It is a shield. And so when doubts creep in, that's the devil. That's the arrows trying to get you to doubt whether you're really forgiven. Doubt whether God is real. Doubt whether you're really saved. You need to put up that shield of faith. And remember, Jesus did enter into human history. Jesus did rise from the dead. We are forgiven. You have experienced the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation is talking about our thinking. In our salvation, we remember that we are saved because of Jesus. We're not trying to save ourselves through our own effort. Jesus' name means the Lord saves. We remember that we have been forgiven because Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. We remember we've been reunited with Christ. So when the thoughts of condemnation sneak in, we remember that we are saved through Jesus, whose name means the Lord saves. Now the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is talking about the good old Bible. We must continually becoming more familiar with the Word of God, because it is the sword of the Spirit. It is the offensive weapon that God has given us to fight back the darkness and the lies of the devil. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan pulled scripture out of context to try to harm Jesus, but Jesus was familiar with the scripture, and he used scripture in their right meaning to defeat Satan. We need to know scripture. We need to have sections of scripture memorized. We need to be in the word daily. We need to read the Bibles in groups and learn what it means. We need to get our understanding of scripture from historical figures who have stood the test of time and not subject ourselves to all kinds of newfangled readings of the time-tested scriptures. This is why Awana is so important. We're arming these kids early on with the word of God, which will equip them to stand strong throughout their lives. This is why we must preach from the word of God. And rather than importing other ideas or philosophical trends, because it's the word of God that equips us to fight back the darkness. The word of God is the truth, which binds all of these things together and keeps us strong against Satan. Finally, Paul just says, pray, pray, and keep praying. It says in verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Paul has earnest belief that if the Ephesians will pray for him, then when he has a chance to speak, 
God will supply him with the words he needs. God, I mean, Paul believes that he will have increased boldness if the Ephesians are praying for him. You see, Paul believes and knows that our prayers are incredibly powerful and that our prayers result in other people surviving tricky situations better and surviving and navigating times when their faith is tested more. This is why we have to be praying for one another. This is why you have to be praying for your church. This is why it's very wise to pray for your pastor, right? That he'll be bold. They'll have the right words to share at the right times. Prayer is the most powerful thing that any one of us can do. And it is true that Satan's main strategy is to keep Christians from praying because prayer unleashes power. This is why here at Crossroads, we're emphasizing prayer more and more. We're training people on how to pray. People are getting more comfortable receiving prayer. A couple of weeks ago, we finally had our first Holy Spirit night of prayer. We've been trying to do this for two years, but then COVID kept causing it to be uh, canceled. So we had this amazing night. And we had my friend Mark come and teach on the Holy Spirit, extended worship. We had communion. And then we had our prayer team at the front to pray for people. We had three stations. And I really wondered if people would come up for prayer. People came up for about two hours to receive prayer. People hit all the different stations to be prayed over because people are now being changed by the prayers of the people in our church. And so I encourage you to take advantage of all the trainings that we offer for how to pray and also take advantage of the opportunities to be prayed for by others and keep praying for your church. Keep praying for your pastors. Keep praying for one another. Paul closes his letter by reiterating the themes that he opened the letter with. It says in verses 23 and 24, peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I thought I would close this study of Ephesians with just three reminders. The first is following Jesus will be hard. It will be hard because the way that Jesus calls us to live is counterintuitive in the world that we live in. It goes against the grain of the secular world forces out there. It's different. It's going to be hard also because, number two, we have a powerful enemy. It is true. Satan is trying to hold us back, trying to take us down all the time. This is a real thing. But the third thing is this. It's that God gives us everything we need. And that's what we've really been learning about. It's a hard road. We do have an enemy. But God has given us grace upon grace in Jesus. God gives us peace with him so that we're fighting from friendship with God against the evil in the world. God has given us the resource of the eternal word of God, the sword of the spirit. God has given us the resource of prayer. God has given us the Holy Spirit, and God has given us one another. You know, my dad's uh, work life, um, the last uh, part of his work life was when email was just beginning to become popular. And so for the last, you know, four years of his work life, he was emailing a lot of his clients all the time and his, um, you know, his um, dealers that dealed out the equipment that he sold. And his emails would end with this phrase, together we can succeed. And it really is true. Together we can succeed. On our own, we are just prey for the lion 
of Satan. We are just going to fall down and no one's going to help us get back up. Together, we can succeed. We can learn this walk. We can grow in the power. We can grow in the word. We can grow in our ability to pray. We can pray for one another. We can stand by the power of Jesus. Let's pray right now. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace. Pray that you will unleash passion for your word. That you will unleash passion for the Holy Spirit. That you will unleash grace in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you will uh, unleash this desire to learn how to pray in each of our hearts. And now, Lord, we pray that prayer that Jesus taught us as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us state together what we believe as Christians. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and he sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.